Welcome to the Numerologist Podcast, where we bring you a very special guest every single week to help guide you on your spiritual journey, live with abundance, and inspire your soul. Hi, Numerologist community, and welcome back to another episode of the Numerologist Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me once again. My name's Rose, and today I am here with our favorite numerologist, Roy. Hey, Roy. Hey, how are you? Really well, thank you. So today we're talking about the personality number. So let's get right to it. What is the personality number all about? Okay, well, first let me start by saying that the personality number is definitely not the kind of thing that tells you about, you know, what clothes are best or what kind of car you, quote, should, unquote, drive. You know, things like that are... Okay, but that's superstition. That's not really diving into the depth of numerology because this number explores the interaction between your highest goals and uh, your highest ideals and your psychic and physical environment. You know, I was just doing some research the other day and was reading some Einstein, and um, uh, uh, he said that uh, everything that's not me is my environment. In other words, he was carefully identifying himself as being his psychic self about being his mind and his emotions. And everything that was not them was the environment, okay? And it's important to think of it like that in terms of the personality because these uh, the personality number is made up of uh, or the way it works within a human being is that we tend to make up our own ideas about life and our ideas about who we are and what we do from our responses, from the environment. You know, like the life path numbers have to do with our environment and the name numbers have to do with our relationship with the environment. And that's exactly what the personality number does. It's the central thing that um, brings you into a response, a call and response uh, relationship with the world around you. Now, it... uh, um, in psychology, it's basically the personality is basically considered to be long standing repeated behaviors of the body, speech, and mind, uh, more or less your physical and emotional habits. Now, there are psychologists who don't agree with that view, but that's the standing one nowadays because it's easier to treat with uh, behavioral therapy and drugs, you know, <laughs> than it is to deal with uh, the uh, Jungian type of um, uh, uh, perception of what a personality is. Um, I tend to think of it as being like, uh, you know, how you're doing one thing and thinking about another. Well, the part of you that's thinking about other things or deciding which shirt to put on in the morning or uh, um, uh, whether or not you need more salt in the food, that's like the personality number in action, okay? Um, We tend to look at um, uh, the personality number as the channel through which the heart's desire reaches out to the world and through which the sense impressions uh, of the world 
reach the deepest level of the cell. Okay. I'm sorry about that. I forgot to put my phone in airplane mode. Um, but anyway, uh, it would reach the deepest level of the self and feed its power. Okay. The personality number and the heart's desire are really inseparable. But at the same time, they're sometimes at odds with one another. In other words, um, but it's easier to work with if we're using this sort of model of saying that the heart's desire and the personality number are two different things. Let me give you a quick example of that here before we move forward. In other words, um, if a person is, say, really into manifesting their goals or their dreams or something like that, uh, first they get clear about them, which is... uh, you know, clarifying the heart's desire, creating an open channel for it to operate. And then everything else involves the work of the personality number. In other words, um, sorting out, you know, your thoughts about uh, uh, this particular goal you want to reach and, you know, making sense of it and uh, even the doubts that come up about it, about your ability to uh, achieve such a thing. Um, are are coming from out of the personality number because this is stuff you've learned from life, not stuff that's part of the creative aspect of the mind, which is where the heart's desire has control. You see what I mean? In other words, there are no obstacles to the creative mind, uh, only to the personality because it's found them. It knows they're there. You see? Okay, gotcha. So is this the level at which you can read about the result of someone's decisions? Well, not quite, Um, uh, because the personality number is the part of you that expresses both complicated and uh, and simple decisions in the world. It's also the facet of the self that uh, is most easily influenced by peers, by the culture, by uh, the environment a person lives in, by thoughts and ideas of others. Now, this isn't a bad thing because nobody wants to be a total oddball alone or we have to get along with other people. That is human nature. You know, we're not, uh, uh, how do I put it, solitary creatures. Um, it's sometimes called the quiet self or the part of self that remains hidden from others, but does all the work when it comes to creating happiness and uh, making choices in everyday life or expressing uh, your personal power, your instinctual power, and so on and so forth. And this is why all existing self-help and psychological growth literature is designed to work with the uh, personality number In other words, the goal of most of this work, including the work of psychotherapy, is designed to connect the personality number with the heart's desire in a fluid and uplifting way. Now, um, there can be glimpses of it and uh, so on and so forth, and people may even view the heart's desire negatively, like uh, people who say to themselves, oh, it's impossible, I'll never be a millionaire, or I'll never have a sailboat or something like that. That's the stuff that's in the heart's desire that um, a a person has uh, decided that they can't have on the basis 
of what other people tell them, their experience in the environment or in the world, you know. I mean, of course, it's not when the desire is something totally at odds with reality. In other words, a person who's 80 years old and has a bad ankle is not going to win the Boston Marathon. You see what I mean? (laughs) No matter how much they want it. It's something they're not going to manifest unless they make a special category for uh, 80-year-old people with bad ankles, okay? Now, it is the key to manifesting and healing in a most important way. All other miracles that people strive for in this day and age in a very specific way, the personality number is the key to making these things manifest, okay? In our day-to-day lives, we usually depend on our personality numbers to help us make decisions. Things like decisions about our personal style, food choices, as I mentioned before, are almost always built along the lines of the personality number, the likes and dislikes, um, as I mentioned before, as to whether there's enough salt in this soup. You know, this is a personal like and dislike. I, I personally don't think that has anything to do with the heart's desire. I think that's a matter of what you've adopted to and the part of you uh, that's changed. You know, when I was a kid, I hated asparagus. Now I eat it every week, you know, because uh, of just changes, I guess, in understanding things and then educating your senses and so on and so forth. So, the, but the decisions that we need to make about our future and the fulfillment of our deepest desires need to be illumined, or um, I guess I could say empowered by the heart's desire. And this is where the problems can arise, okay? Because our personality uh, number includes the interactive, I guess you could call it, mind, um, and the facet of the subconscious mind that builds values, beliefs, and so forth, and uh, um, and those drive the majority of our activities. It's through this area of consciousness where the personality and heart's desire connect. But at the same time, uh, we take up many of these plans and thoughts from our culture and from other people because we usually have similar needs, desires, and goals. And what that ends up doing is building a wall between the uh, personality and the heart's desire and making it very difficult for you, for anyone to find what it is they truly want out of life. Okay. Right. So I guess that it has a lot to do with communication then. Yeah, it does. It's not only connection or communication with other people. It's also communication with the deepest layers of the self. Okay, because uh, all forms of uh, communication are bidirectional. In other words, they go both ways. Um, talking to you doesn't do any good if you're just not there. <laughs> As we sometimes get on phone calls that don't connect. Okay. <laughs> um, at the same time, thinking to yourself about things that you've already got objections toward, you know, uh, really doesn't produce an effect. Um, it's a kind of a shared mentality that uh, language creates for us, 
But in our inner self, this has to do with symbols, ideas, signs, things that we're not even aware of in our daily thoughts. And uh, that means we can have a conflict between the motivations and aims and our ability to follow through on those motivations and aims. It's kind of what some uh, psychologists used to call a complex or uh, something of that nature. And plus, there are all these thoughts that are driven by peer pressure and fads and necessities and how you've been taught you know, to respond to immediate situations can cloud up the connection between the personality and the heart's desire, especially when um, these uh, thoughts conflict with the deeper innovations. Mm, I can see that. So I guess that's what it means when people say they're not quite on the same page, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's absolutely what it means when people are talking to each other. But uh, when you're dealing with the interaction between the um, heart's desire and the personality number, you you can't see that as being two different versions of yourself. It's all one version of yourself, but it's like a part of that version of yourself that connects the two. It's more like having a kind of a problem like a, a an illness that's very hard to get rid of you know good god i want to get rid of this cold i hate having my nose stuffed up things like that these are the same kind of things that um non um how do i put it that that non-positive thinking does to you it creates that blockage but the thing of it is is that between two people um this not being on the same page is not that hard to fix and at the core of most uh, um self-improvement methods even meditation the problem between the um uh being on the same page between the heart's desire and personality numbers um is is not that hard to fix either you see what I mean? Yeah, um, so I guess that's the change your mind, change your life kind of philosophy, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You nailed it, okay? Um, and the best thing about it is that this is a totally scientific thing. This is something that we have proven, you know, although they don't talk about it much. Usually all they talk about is the uh, stuff having to do with cosmetics and so on and so forth. But there's a reason for that. The medical industry and the, uh, um, at least in America, the medical industry uh, went through a big thing to do their best to outlaw any of the mind science that existed at the end of the 19th century when people were really interested in exploring this. But according to recent scientific studies in neurophysiology and biochemistry and so on and so forth, We've come up with this thing called neuroplasticity, that the thoughts literally change the brain. I mean, physically alter the way the brain works throughout your life. And this affects your ambitions, your drives, your efficiency, your sensitivity, 
um, in your relationships with others, and even more. Now, uh, the brain is not a self-sealing tire. <laughs> you know, it doesn't automatically repair its wounds, which uh, um, is the way they like to think in a lot of science nowadays, that there's no such thing as consciousness. There's just uh, the brain, which is a very sophisticated computer. That's baloney, okay? <laughs> And uh, the thing about neuroplasticity is that this is a fact that you can look up on the internet or anywhere. Um, it's been tested and proven in laboratory conditions. Of course, you're going to run across skeptics, but uh, if the person's a skeptic, that's just a person that likes to talk and thinks too much of themselves, you know? Um, but this is also a vulnerability because thoughts based on the influence of others can change the brain as well, okay? We know this, uh, for instance, from hypnosis, all right? <laughs> That's what it does. Um, it, it's common to all people, and it's what self-help literature, metaphysics, spiritual pursuits, Jungian therapy, and other practices try to help us overcome. It's a freedom from that influence of others without, you know, having to blow them off or become an isolated loner for the rest of your life or anything like that. Uh, but that's what all these teachings that we have that uh, connect body and soul and spirit and so on and so forth, that's what they all are trying to help us overcome. Okay, this uh, 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 vulnerability because of our neuroplasticity. And th they've known about this since a long time before this stuff was even discovered. All right. Personality number. Now, uh, jump back to that. Okay. Personality number is also where the decision to make a radical change in one's life can take place. Sometimes it's a change that's prompted by one's higher consciousness or the heart's desire and manifests as events like opening a business of one's own or entry onto a spiritual path or creating a major change in profession or career or maybe moving far away from one's current place of residence. These kind of things usually have to do with the heart's desire, especially if they come on suddenly in a person. All right. In other words, one of the cycles, pinnacles of personal years that syncs up with the personality number and the heart's desire is usually a sign that these major changes uh, might be happening. And you can tell when a dramatic change comes from this way because a person uh, um, becomes really passionate about making that change happen. But you can also tell when an important change in one's life was not prompted by the heart's desire. And that's usually when a person acts out of fear, resentment, emotional pain, or loneliness. Uh, the change they make usually throws them into a situation they regret later. Like when somebody um, uh, uh, gets into a relationship with a person that's really not good for them and they know it, but they think it's going to be a better, cho better choice than being by themselves. You see what I mean? It usually ends up being a much worse choice, but, you know, that's, uh, that's when it's only the personality number in action as opposed to being the heart's desire in action. Okay. Now, sometimes the personality number shows its power 
while one is young, and at others, these changes happen later in life. Uh, that value usually depends on its agreement with life path cycles or pinnacles and so on and so forth. And it's especially true if the personality number and the heart's desire work well together or are synchronous or, um, uh, um, oh man, I hate using the word, uh, are harmonic you know, in their relationship. In other words, I hate using the word compatibility because that doesn't have anything to do with anything. You know, like uh, I've known several people in my life and I've had many, many clients who say, oh, you're compatible with so-and-so, you know, and they end up having the worst fights and arguments and end up leaving each other after a while and come back and ask me, well, um, (laughs) somebody told me we were compatible. (laughs) Now I have to explain to them that that doesn't mean anything anybody can get along with anybody unless there's a really difficult you know personality problem between them okay but nature's kind in this ways in that there are many ways that you can tune the personality number and the heart's desire to one another and uh, thereby harmonize your life. And this uh, tuning can also give you the push you need to achieve your goals, okay? And that's what all the self-help and new thought literature is about, tuning the personality to the heart's desire. Mm. So I guess this is what people want to change their name for, right? (laughs) Yeah, right, right. We're going to talk about that a bit when we get to the expression. But um, let me say this. A name change is nothing to fool around with. Um, Sometimes they're done involuntarily or even forced upon us by others. Well, you know, for instance, um, what was her name? Norma Jean something or other that changed her name to Marilyn Monroe. Um, That was heart's desire working, (laughs) okay? But it didn't do a whole lot for her personal life, but as far as her stardom and her fame and so on is concerned, it did a miraculous amount of change. But we look at um, Lindsay Lohan, okay? Originally, she her name was Lindsay D. Lohan, and um, uh, she changed it to Lindsay Morgan, Lohan, and that's when her uh, her career completely was torn apart. I think the main reason is that she lost that D, and uh, she lost the extra E's, which made her perfectly compatible uh, numerologically with Disney. You know, you could extract Disney from her name, and uh, and when she changed it, she lost that ability. You know, and it wasn't long before she lost the contract with them. Yeah, so uh, it's nothing to experiment with. Okay, um, never change your name unless uh, the issue is a marriage or a divorce or something like that. Um, without the help of a reliable expert. I, I wanted to emphasize that before I went on. Think about it like this, okay? If you change your name, you'll change your personality number, your heart's desire, or both. And you'll also change the challenges that go with them, the personality number challenge and the heart's desire challenge. This is um, giving you a pretty steep learning curve caused by the friction between the old and the new you. Uh, You may be pushed into a completely new experience of yourself. 
And if you look at the change uh, of making practices of our past and present self-help gurus, uh, the work always begins within and the outer life catches up with you as you make changes in your um, uh, uh, environment or lifestyle to support the change. You see what I mean? In other words, uh, the change um, uh, that uh, the teachers preach is to change something within, change your attitude, and everything else will begin to catch up with you. Mm. Okay, and and that's basically what this is about. Um, in other words, uh, uh, sure, name changes can be done; they can be done effectively. But you don't want to depend on that as being your key to success or happiness or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay, so how do we find the personality number and its challenge? Oh, okay. Well, it's easy enough. Let's take a person. Um, uh, uh, named Dave Jones. Now, like the heart's desire is the uh, uh, sum of the vowels, okay, is the sum of all the vowels in the name. And the vowels, as we explained before, are like the soul of a word, okay? And the personality is like the form that soul takes, okay? So uh, uh, we take the... Um, personality number is being the consonants okay um you know you change one consonant and a word and you know the, the difference between dog and dot not only two different things but one's a concept and the other one is a living thing okay um so a person named dave jones would have uh these numbers four 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 one five one that's equal to 19, and 1 plus 9 equals 1, okay? Personality challenge is the difference between the first and last consonants in the name. So if we're looking at uh, uh, this Dave Jones, we've got a personality number of um, 4 is the D, and S is a 1, so we subtract 1 from 4, and that's equal to three. So uh, 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 the personality challenge is going to be three. Now, if both the first and last consonants in the um, say are the same number, okay, then let's count it as nine instead of zero. Because, like for instance, if uh, his name was uh, something like. Um, Steve Jones, you know, then both would be one and one minus one is zero. So if you get a zero when you're working on your own, count it as nine instead. It's easier to read that way and think about, okay? Um, uh, so let's take a look at what these personality challenges might mean. One, uh, personality numbers and their challenges might mean Personality one is one with uh, healthy self-esteem, and it's usually tempered by respect and compassion for others. Uh, that's the goal of, of the one personality number. Um, a person with a one personality number should never, ever be afraid to stand out from the crowd. 
okay? Uh, number two, has a goal of supporting others without giving up your own dreams and ideals. And a personality, too, should never avoid standing up for their own dreams, just like in any other variation of two, uh, because the two is the most cooperative number, and people with that as a personality or a, uh, a soul urge or a... Um, uh, pinnacle or whatever. This is always a period in which the default action would probably be to give up on your own dreams in favor of someone else's, okay? Or uh, to fall into a belief that your dreams cannot be attained, all right? Uh, number three is artistry and communication and using your own talents for the benefit of others. This is the goal of three. And uh, three should never have stage fright, so to speak, or writer's block. Never be afraid to show off your talents if you have a personality of three. Personality of four, being reliable and dependable while building structure and stability is the goal of a four. And they never should never avoid expressing their determination. Okay. Bringing the benefits of adventure and freedom in a positive way to others is the goal of five. But a five should never avoid their responsibilities. For the number six, bringing the benefits of harmony and balance to others in a positive way is the um, absolute un alterable goal of the six. And I say unalterable because they'll try this even when the person is clearly not acting in their favor or clearly not supportive of their own activities. And uh, a six always has to be willing to counsel or teach other people. A lot of the times they'll get people who just don't want to hear it, you know, uh, uh, like in that song by the killers, I got nothing to learn. I'm sorry. You know, um, this is uh, the way some of those people are who have this personality six, but being willing to try is the main thing because there's so many other people for every one like that. A six is going to meet uh, a hundred at least who will benefit from the advice or friendship or whatever it is that they give them to help them out. Um, let's see, the seven is about bring, bridging the gap between knowledge and faith for the benefit of others. Now, there are some people whose entire body of knowledge is based on uh, uh, faith. In other words, they believe some teacher of theirs or some conspiracy radio show or something like that. And that's the entire breadth of their knowledge. That's not what seven is trying to do. Seven is trying to bridge the gap between information and reason, between uh, your knowledge of the world and your faith in uh, humanity or uh, God or whatever it is you consider as the higher power, you know, in, in the world and things like that. Even in, in law, you know, uh, it takes a tremendous amount of knowledge to deal with legal problems, but 
the person who is the lawyer is the one who has faith in the law itself, faith in fairness and so on and so on. So in other words, with seven, um, there's a very specific trouble that can come to people who have seven personality numbers. And, um, but it will only come if they isolate themselves from other people. So never, ever isolate yourself from others if you're a seven, okay? Eight, um, using the gifts of perseverance and discipline for the benefit of others is the goal for eight. Um, If you ever saw um, uh, uh, My Fair Lady, okay? Uh, uh, No, not My Fair Lady. I'm thinking of um, Sound of Music. The Sound of Music musical uh, uh, play that was made into a movie. It's like um, the portrayal of the father in that movie was a perfect example of an eight. He still sticks in my mind. And it's been at least 30 years since I've seen that movie. (laughs) But anyway, um, uh, it's about being tolerant and accepting of other people. Okay. Uh, nine for that one was using the abilities for achievement and completion for the benefit of others is the goal. Always look for the opportunity to be a part of mutual or shared success. Now, these are very basic statements, but as we're moving forward in the future, we'll explore them uh, a bit more fully. Okay. Now, the personality challenge is a little bit different in terms of reading uh, the number of the challenge because it has to do with things that can block your connection with the heart's desire, okay? Uh, With the one, uh, the personality challenge is to never fear doing things differently from others. In other words, conformity is what the personality challenge will bring if it happens to be a one. Um, For number two, the personality challenge is never give up on your dreams from a fear of loneliness. Uh, If people, um, if you have this great dream and it's realizable and other people know it and you tell them about it and they'll tell you, hey, it's lonely at the top, just tell them, Uh, nah, it's just more crowded at the bottom. This is a hard thing for a two personality challenge to do. Okay. Um, personality challenge for three may even be harder because it's about never getting involved in passing gossip or uh, uh, supporting rumors and so on and so forth. That is absolutely the worst thing that a person with the personality challenge uh, three can do. In other words, once they're involved in that thing, it takes up a whole little space in the mind, like it's a new member of the community that thinks negative thoughts, and those negative thoughts bleed over into thinking negatively about yourself, all right? Um, unless the people that you're gossiping about um, hear about it and start passing gossip about you, then we could have the influence of uh, mind-to-mind communication, all that sort of thing. So never, ever, if you have three as a personality challenge, and everybody in general should do the best they can to avoid gossip and rumors, okay? Uh, With four, 
never holding on to resentments or anger. If four is the personality challenge, you'll have the tendency to hold on to them and build your future on the basis of resentment or anger. Uh, we, uh, there must be at least a hundred action movies, both in uh, the West and in Asia, that have to do with that, about a person whose only driving force in life is vengeance <laughs> to get back at somebody because of some hurt they've caused him or something like that. In other words, um, this might be the hardest thing uh, for a person with a four personality challenge to do is to be able to let go of that kind of resentment uh, before it, you know, else it'll become a grudge, you know, and you know what they can do. You've probably seen the movie. (laughs) The uh, five is to never get involved in anything that can limit your freedom. Now, this is often hard in today's world because we all need money, we all need jobs, we all need work, we all like having uh, somebody around us to, you know, share life with, right? But very often a five will uh, uh, think in those terms and come to find out that now their freedom is so limited, they're miserable all the time and don't know why. Uh, This is what the key is. Always think ahead and make sure that what you're doing will not limit your freedom to the point that you can't explore your own sense of adventure and so on and so forth. In other words, even as only a personality challenge, it can do this to a person. But again, this kind of personality challenge can only happen if the person, say, has a uh, um, four as the first letter uh, in the name, um, uh, uh, first consonant in the name, and say a uh, nine as the last consonant in the name. So, you know, this is uh, kind of a condition, or they could be reversed uh, one to the other. Um, and uh, uh, this is to avoid anything that limits freedom, okay? Uh, the uh, um, uh, six is to never compromise your best interests out of sympathy. In other words, uh, uh, this is like the situation where, you know, you might be feeling terribly sympathetic to someone and so on and so forth, and you decide that you're going to change your whole life in order to, or change your lifestyle or, you know, your uh, work or relationship with um a family or something like, because you feel sorry for somebody, forget about it. That will do you no good whatsoever because, you know, six is the number of responsibility and doing this breaks your responsibility to your own self-interest, your own best interests, your own prime detect directive. Okay. Your own uh, uh, top priorities, you know, uh, for the seven, You should never avoid social life or refuse an offer of friendship. Now, this might happen in the case of a person who has, uh, say, for instance, uh, nine is the first letter and a two is the last letter, last consonant. Uh, They might have this tendency to avoid 
a social interaction or avoid an offer of friendship because, you know, that last letter in the name, we'll be talking about this when we get to the alphabet, the personal alphabet, but that last letter in the last name is uh, uh, a sign of the way you leave things with people. So you may leave with people the fact that you want to be a friend or or you want to uh, get together with them in some way or another, but um, then you don't follow up, you know? So if someone offers you friendship, you should go ahead and accept it, but trust yourself while trusting yourself to find out really quickly whether that person is acting in your interests or whether they are uh, 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 acting in their own interests and motivations and have the ability to throw you off of your uh, path in life, your personal path in life. The uh, For the eight, the challenge is to never think that you have to do everything yourself, okay? Um, because um, with eight, eight uh, you know, was, uh, I think it was an eight that um, invented that saying that if you want anything right done right, you have to do it yourself. <laughs> That's kind of like a natural philosophy for eight, but never, ever do that if eight is the challenge number, okay? And uh, if nine is the personality challenge, um, it's similar to eight, but somewhat different. Never think that you have to do everything your own way. All right. Nine as a number tends to be very individualistic and very creative and uh, wants to do things their own way almost all the time. But you don't have to do everything like that. Uh, There's even a famous story about that um, in uh, Chinese about a guy putting feet on a snake and losing the contest because he was done first, (laughs) you know, and he didn't get the uh, big, um, barrel of wine that was the prize but there's some hints about the personality number that i want to cover too okay one thing to think about when exploring the personality number is that people will tend to default to a certain lifestyle and this doesn't only have to do with the uh, um, culture that they're in the society that they live in but it can be boiled down into simple categories. And and these uh, uh, default behaviors in the lifestyle can be either problematic or very, very positive for a person. Okay? Now, one is a, a personality number of one will tend to express themselves and their opinions of themselves through their clothing, style of speech, and appearance. If you uh, uh, see a person who has a personality number of one, and they're uh, dressed very properly and elegantly in some way or another, um, then they probably think pretty well of themselves. On the other hand, if you uh, find somebody who... um, Uh, dresses in a particularly aggressive way and they have a personality number of one, they probably think a little bit too highly of themselves, like 
they're tough guys or <laughs> they're bad. <laughs> you know, this is this is what I'm getting at. This is easy to tell with a one because uh, they'll um, you know <laughs> express themselves in that way. Two tends to conform to the peer group in business or private life in their choices regarding personal style. In other words, they do everything, they'll default to uh, doing everything pretty much the way everybody else does them, okay? Um, But this can leak into the uh, uh, creative mind, into the creativity, and cause them to uh, uh, bend easily when it comes to making their own um, decisions about what they want in life. All right. The three tends to be expressive or attention getting in their personal style of dress and behavior. Like, you know, um, a friend of mine, uh, I was talking about this uh, jacket I had bought with a friend of mine. And he said, well, why don't you have one like that? And pointed at a guy who was wearing one of these uh, jackets that's a hoodie with somebody's name and pictures and whatnot on it. I said, because I'm not in the advertising business. You know, they could pay me for wearing one of those, but I'm not going to do it by my own choice. But that's the way threes are. When three is a personality number, they tend to be expressive in this way. Okay, um, uh, in their style of dressing and behavior. In other words, there's something about something they're wearing that's going to make a person ask, where did you get that? Or how did you get that? Or uh, did you make that yourself? <laughs> or something to, to show that it grabbed their attention. All right. Um, the four tends to like a homey look, you know, flannel shirts and jeans and so on and so forth. And they often uh, dress as if they were at work, even when they relax. So in other words, if uh, you know somebody who's a, a business person, who's an office worker, they're more likely to dress as, um, uh, 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 you know, with a suit or whatever that's required by the job, even when they come home. You know, and uh, uh, on the other hand, somebody who um, works in industry or carpentry or something like that will tend to dress like the guys on the job, uh, even when they're relaxing and so on and so forth, and will tend to try to dress up, you know, this uh, informal kind of utilitarian clothing that they wear. Okay. on People on five. Now, they're interesting because they tend to stay on the cutting edge of style and fashion. They're, even when they don't want to, you know, uh, they'll do things unconsciously, like throw out a bunch of uh, 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 pants or something like that because all of a sudden uh, they're not uh, short enough for their taste and find out that before uh, people have noticed, they have started a new trend. Okay, so so uh, the fives tend to be the trendsetters. Um, six likes comfort and elegance in their personal style. They tend to like a lot of jewelry too, but they like comfort and elegance in their personal style. But always wants others to feel comfortable around them. So they might have you know a four carat ring on a four carat diamond ring on, and uh, wear sweatpants. All right. This is uh, six. Um, um, 
The seven tends to look professional or style themselves as an extreme nonconformist. In other words, it goes one way or the other with seven. You'll have one seven who will uh, wear one of those three-piece banker suits, and uh, his uh, brother, who's also a seven, may walk around in uh, you know ragged jeans and a hoodie all the time and sit in the corner by themselves. It, it all depends on their activities in life, but uh, they're a little hard to tell because either they look very professional or uh, they do everything they can to say to people, I'm not like you, okay? <laughs> um, the eight tends to look official or authoritative no matter what they have on, you know, and what their lifestyle or occupation is. In other words, uh, um, an eight could be wearing, you know, a T-shirt, a sweater, and jeans, and they look like they mean business, okay? It's just something about that vibration that does that. And the nine tends to look daring, or accomplished no matter what they do. In other words, uh, uh, if a nine puts on a, um, a, a, a military jacket or sweater or something, then they look like a soldier, okay? If they put on a, if they grab a formal shirt and put it on, then you wonder if this person is a maitre d' or a, uh, um, uh, or as a musician, you know, in an orchestra, orchestral musician, uh, by way of profession. The, in, in other words, um, the nines look like what uh, look accomplished. No matter what it is they do, they look like they're supposed to be doing it or that they've mastered it in some way or another. Now, here's something interesting that I remembered when I was working on uh, what I'm going to talk about in this post is that Cairo, the um, man who wrote the uh, first uh, numerology book that I ever read, I think is he had another name of Count Louis Hamon. You know, he was uh, British. Um, he wrote in that book on numerology that a nine should avoid wearing black. Okay? It, it, I found that very interesting because it would seem to me like uh, the black would absorb some of that energy, but I don't know where he got it from. I think he got it from India because it sounds like one of their ideas. But, you know, I have uh, uh, a lot of nines in my chart and um, I don't avoid it at all. And I don't think it's creating a problem for me. I think it's mostly because nines are kind of sensitive and, um, uh, uh, need to avoid wearing black to avoid, you know, uh, people mistaking their ideas and intentions. But I don't think it matters once, uh, if it's a professional, if there's a professional reason why they should be wearing it. You know, like you're going to tell that to a nine person who's an undertaker, right? Um, but anyway, that's about it for this introduction to the personality number. So uh, next time we're going to explore the expression, and why it's such an important fundamental element of a numerology chart. And uh, as a matter of fact, I think I've broken that down into two or three different talks because there's so much to cover when we uh, talk about the expression, okay?
Excellent. All right, Ro, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. We always have such good fun and learn so much when we talk to you. So <laughs> thank you. Um, and I can't wait till okay. next time when we talk about the expression number. Yeah, we're going to get started at least. Awesome. All right. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Numerologist Podcast. If you loved it, make sure you subscribe. And don't forget to check the show notes for an extra special free gift.